Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 175 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam, and his name is Dave, and we are your co-hosts with the most. <laughs> I was trying to be clever, Dave, and it, it man, <laughs> went off the rails real quick. Anyways, episode 175. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I am happy to be here. That is yeah. that is the answer I will give. I am happy to be here and to I see your bearded face across the internet. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to keep it. I'm kind of digging. I think you should. Keeping the facial hair. So, yeah. It's a new thing for me. It is. Have, you, were, you were not I've allowed never, to have I've one ne- for many, many years. No, I've never grown one. Really? Even pre-police days? Yeah. Nope. Never did. And and honestly, I didn't think I was going to, like, all the guys at work were like, oh, you need to grow a beard. You need to grow a beard. And I was like, all right, I'll grow it out and shave it. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Might keep it. <laughs> There you go. I encourage it. Much less, uh, much less upkeep. Just trim it every once in a while. I don't have to shave every day. It's glorious. No razor burn. Yeah, I I shave like every other day. I'll keep it neck. nice and tidy. Yeah, I can't, man. I've got very sensitive skin. <laughs> now, when I do uh, eventually leave, leave, I I will probably. Let it get a little unruly. <laughs> <laughs> Old fisherman Dave. Might grow the hair too. Oh boy. I uh I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> All right, sir. We are in Hebrews, obviously, still. Still jamming on that old that old tune. And we're in chapter four, and we are at verse 14. And so today, we're just going to talk 14, 15, and 16, which are some of my favoritest verses in the Bible, much like the couple before this. This whole section is just primo, top-notch, like Italian chef kiss, good. (laughs) So yeah, we're doing 4, 14 through 16 today. Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is good. All right, so we have this great high priest, right? We talked about this previously. We're going to get into further detail on the whole high priest thing uh, next week when we go into chapter 5 and what it means uh, specifically but, you know, he's saying that 
Jesus is our great high priest. And since he is our great high priest, we should hold fast our confession. And that is an important thing for us to understand, Dave, what our confession is. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. What, what, what do you think that means to hold fast our confession? Um, well, I, so one of the first thoughts that I had with this is if you're not like overly familiar with, um, the context or the audience here. So this, this would be not the priest like you and I think of a priest today in terms of a Catholic father um, or even in the Episcopalian church or something like that. This is, um, this is uh, Aaron in the Levitical, um, so Old Testament priest here. Mm-hmm. And so the audience is a Jewish audience who have this sense of, I can't go before God. Like me as a human, sinful human being, I really don't get to be in God's presence. The only person that ever really gets to go into God's presence um, is a Levit- is is a yeah is a high priest is a Levitical um, is a Levitical priest, and so um, so that's 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 sort of the first part here is. Um, We are we are kind of like a, a complete paradigm shift of just the fact that you and I um, have this high priest, this eternal priest, um, and so then it says, uh, "Let us hold fast to our confession." Um, and really, it to me, it's just it is um, holding on to Jesus. It is holding on to. Uh, the faith uh, that has come, the the belief of uh, salvation and redemption uh, through Jesus. Um, again, there's this, um, um, you know, Jesus has come, he's done what he's done. We have the Hebrew people, they have a very long history. Uh, this letter wouldn't have been written that long into that history of being a Christian. And so the I think the author here is saying, uh, hold hold fast to who Jesus is, and uh, what he has what he has done. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, I don't know if you have more than that, but <laughs> no, I I appreciate your willingness to dive into the whole like uh, history of the the priests and Aaron and the Levites and that, that was, uh, I needed that reminder. So that's, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. And then who Jesus is, right. And what he's done for us and, and what we then believe because of that, right. What we confess to believe, what we have said, who we have said Jesus is, right. Jesus yeah. is and, the son of God. That is our. And to, yeah. To confess him as our high priest. Our, our, we are dependent on him because 
like I said, there's this long history of doing it a certain way with an actual human priest doing the work for us. And then Jesus came and did what he did. And now it's sort of like, okay, Jesus isn't here anymore. We can't really see him. And it's going to be easy to slip into that old idea of, I need a human being uh, to do that for me. And so I think the author is saying, no, hold on your confession of who Jesus is and what he did for us. And he is our high priest. And don't give up, you know. For sure. So then it says in verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And I don't know about you, Dave, but when I think about Jesus, I don't often immediately jump to, oh, he can sympathize with me. No, you I know, don't. Oftentimes I think, you know, Jesus is is great and I'm I'm grateful for him and I'm thankful for what he did and he was perfect and I'm not and he was the sacrifice that I, you know, he died the death I deserve to die. Like I, I like I, I see all of the differences between us and why Jesus is greater and why Jesus is in the position he's in and I'm in the position I'm in and in and, and the relationship and how that affects the relationship, right? Or in, in the correlation between, you know, he and I and, and God. Um, and so I don't often get to the whole, oh, Jesus can sympathize with me. Um, and so I think that's one of the really, really interesting parts of this passage, you know, that we're going to carry on with next week too, is that Jesus is our high priest. He is our representative to God. He is the one that goes before us to God as a representation of us. And in that role, he's also able to sympathize with our weaknesses because he's been tempted as we have been tempted, right? He lived on this earth as, you know, a man, yet without sin. And so there's there's that distinction between sympathy and empathy, right? And that's the reason it's sympathy here is because I know the problems that you've had partially, but I've never actually given in to them. So like I, I can I can sympathize with your weaknesses because I know what the temptation is, but I've never given in to it while you have. And I think it's really, really interesting to try and figure out like why why don't I ever think that about Jesus sympathizing with me and having experienced, you know, the temptations that I've experienced. And I, I, I don't know why I don't think about that more often. Cause like, you know, if it's, it, it, it's like, even when he's on the cross, he says, forgive them, you know, father, for they know not what they do. Like even there he's advocating for us as he's being mm-hmm. murdered by humans. He's advocating for the good of humans. And so I think it's very interesting that I don't think of Jesus as a, as a sympathetic person as often as I should. And it's laid out clearly here that he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses because in every respect, he's been tempted as we were or we are. Mm-hmm. And yet he didn't give in to sin. Um. And right. so that, that's a whole nother conversation that that back half, but I'm just the, the idea that Jesus would sympathize 
like not that he's able to, but that he would choose to, says an incredible amount about what's important to him and what he values. Yeah. And that's really, I think, to me, the part about this that hits home the most right now is that Jesus chooses to sympathize with me when I'm going through the crap. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, that's encouraging. That is uplifting. That is, you know, there's this song um, that Hillsong sings called Another in the Fire. Have you heard it? Mm-hmm. It's yes. kind of one I'm listening to a lot right now. Um for various personal reasons. Um, and it's really, uh, it just, it, it communicates the same concept that when we're in the thick of it, the temptation, the sin, the hard stuff of life, he's right there with us. Yeah. When we feel like we're alone, when we feel like we've been abandoned, when we feel like we don't know which way is up, you know, one of the lines is there's another in the water pushing back the seas. Like he's, he's there making room when we feel like we're drowning, you know, very powerful. Yes. So one of my, my favorite discussions, not so much a talk, but one of my favorite discussions to have with both, high school kids and middle school kids. Um, and generally, you know, it was, it was just a guy talk, uh, when we were back at the cabin where, you know, on a, on a missions trip or on a, a fun summer trip or whatever with the youth group was to have that conversation of like, Jesus was a teenager, just like you are. And he experienced everything, uh, that you guys experience. And, you know, there was always some, the the kid that was uninhibited and was looking for the shock factor would always make some sort of remark of, um, and one particular comment seemed to come up all the time, and I, I won't mention it here, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, teenage boys and hormones, and they wanted to know, did Jesus have the same hormones and deal with the same things that they did. And, you know, my answer to them was, is he was fully human. He didn't sin. Um, but he was a teenage boy full of hormones, just like you guys were. And so I'm sure he experienced many of the things that you guys are experiencing. And, you know, and it was just funny how that would always take sort of this, like, it was such a, a, an eye opening concept for the kids. And, um, you know, then there was the kind of the conversation of, you know, well, did he get pimples and did his voice change and did he like girls and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and it was usually a very good discussion because that would then lend it to uh, the things that they were struggling with, the things that they were dealing with. And um, while that was one of my favorite conversations with middle school, high school boys, and for them to just have that realization of... um you know, Jesus experienced everything that I'm experiencing. Um, I have a much harder time 
like what you were just talking about in terms of like, like I took such a great joy in kind of expressing that idea to these high school kids and seeing them kind of like have the light bulb go off for them and the realization of what Jesus was. And yet here I am, uh, almost five decades into <laughs> being on this earth. And, um, I'm not so good at doing that, you know, now. Mm-hmm. And so I think about those, those conversations and how those kids responded to that. And, um, you know, I guess just even have a, a personal prayer of like, God, I need to, I, I need that. I need to know that even me dealing with what I'm dealing with as a 50 year old guy in America in the year 2020, you can still sympathize with that. You can still relate to that. You can still, um, you know, and to your point, but I don't do that. I don't, I have this like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I put Jesus on the pedestal. I put him, you know, he's God. I, I, it, there's certain aspects of it's easier for me to accept that than to accept his human side. And particularly when it relates to, he truly does understand. And I think even in that, there's a part of me that like goes, and he did it without sinning. And that just makes me mad because I'm like, well, I <laughs> sin. And so <laughs> I don't want your sympathy because yeah, I, I give in and you didn't. So I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, no. It, it, yeah, it does. So the one thing that, that makes me wonder, you know, is like, do we keep the human side in, in the sympathetic side and the experiential, you know, shared experiences side away as a way for us to try and fix it ourselves. Like if we, if we keep Jesus kind of at arm's length and, you know, say all the right stuff. Oh, Jesus, you're perfect. You're wonderful. Thank you for saving me, all the stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, just leave right. me leave me here in my, in my crap, and I'll figure my crap out, and I will sort it out, and I'll deal with it, and, you, you know, as opposed to welcoming him into that and then letting the Holy Spirit, you know, reveal truth and, you know, sharpen you and, and you know, convict you and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, I just wonder if we keep, if we try to keep him at bay as a way to control the situation or to not admit that we really do need more help than perhaps we would like to acknowledge. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I definitely think that's part of it for me. I, I do think that's, that is a big part of it. Yeah, I was saying I wonder to be generous because I'm pretty sure that's exactly <laughs> the reason I do what I do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the last part there is right. So for who, uh, who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And I guess, I mean, this is obvious, but like the temptation is separate from the sin. Right. And I think that's another part of that conversation you have with like those, those young, those young guys about there's nothing inherently wrong about being tempted to do or say something. Right. But it's the choice. Do you give into the temptation or do you not, right? And so there's there's oftentimes, like, especially when it comes to, like, you know, sexuality and that sort of stuff in the church, it's dirty and it's wrong, and then all of a sudden you're married and it's okay. And there, there's this, <laughs> this whiplash that's like, well, my whole life I was told it was dirty and wrong and I shouldn't think about it and I shouldn't desire it and I shouldn't think people are attractive and those thoughts are evil. But now that you're married, it's like, okay, now go make all the babies you want. It's like... Mm-hmm. It, the 
the messaging there is is really really broken and i think what is healthier is acknowledging especially with teenagers like yeah you're feeling exactly what your body was designed one of the things your body was designed for right there's a reason right. we're attracted to other people there's a reason we have sexual desires there's a reason why god made sex enjoyable on purpose for fun right Yep. Like if it was if it was one hundred percent about procreation, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be enjoyable. It wouldn't be pleasurable. It wouldn't be something that you think about and want to do. It would just be like, all right, well, it's time to make a baby. Let's go, you know, get some hammer yeah. and nails, and you know, like. <laughs> and so there's the, there's this concept here, right? That there's there are temptations that Satan wants to use what God has intended for good, and it's not just sexual stuff. It's Everything, everything that God has intended for good, Satan wants to turn and make evil or corrupt. And so that's where the temptation comes in is just like in the Garden of Eden, Satan going, well, is that really what God said? Is that really what he intended? Are you sure that this part of it's not okay to do differently? And that's the temptation, right? Is is the taking of something that God intended to be good and slightly twisting it and now it's about us and it's about self-service and it's about making ourselves look good or feel good oftentimes at the expense of other people. Um, and so I think it's really, really important to have the discussions about that sort of stuff around this area of temptation and sin being different things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think the other thing too, that, you know, particularly when it came to teenagers and sex and things like that is, you know, the standard is so high. Well, I can never live up to that. So I'm just going to give in and enjoy it all. Go to town. You know? Yep. <laughs> and so it was like, no, you know? <laughs> so yeah, we, we very much distort, but <laughs> you know, God, we, we, we think of it as, and, and there's some of it of this is too, is, you know, it is, it is an element of, honoring God and who he is by his nature. Uh, but then there is that element of, you know, God doing it because he wants to protect us and wants what's best for us. And we often, well, I know I often lose that aspect or that perspective when it comes to sin and mm-hmm. indulging it. And so. Definitely. So the last part kind of sums up the whole concept, right? Let us then with confidence. So because Jesus is our great high priest, because he has the ability to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, because in every respect he's been tempted as we are, because of who he is and what he's done, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And... What I love about this verse is the use of the word confidence and then the idea at the end that we may receive mercy and find grace in, to help in time of need. That we can confident, we can go in our moments of weakness, in our moments of doubt, in our moments of, of fear or anxiety, in our moments of confusion, in our moments of just not knowing what the heck is going on and how we're going to do it in our moments where we are the least confident in ourselves and in our situations, that is the exact moment that God says, 
we can have confidence to draw near to him Mm -hmm. and that he wants us to have confidence to draw near to him in the moments where we need mercy, where we need grace, where we need help, where we don't know what to do. And those, like I said it on this show uh, dozens of times, those are the moments that I don't want to go to God because I feel embarrassed, because I feel like I'm not worthy, because... I've done this sin again, or or what have you, or I'm I'm all in my head about what's going on. And the author of Hebrews here is saying, no, time out. That's the exact moment that you should have confidence to go to God and expect to receive mercy and grace to help. Like that is what God wants. That is the reason Jesus is our high priest and did what he did on the cross so that we can in those moments, go, you know what? I'm not in this alone. There's somebody else here with me in this fire, in this sea, in this moment, and I should have the confidence to go to that person, God, right, and say, dude, I need help. Yeah. Yeah, because it, for the high priest, if they weren't in the perfect, you know, uh, without, you know, they hadn't sinned. They'd made the proper sacrifices. You know, it, it meant death. You know, the, the, the throne of grace meant death. Well, maybe not the throne of grace. Hmm. I'd have to think about that a little bit more. But, the you know, going to the throne. I guess I, 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 that's, I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're, at the, mercy, you're at the mercy of the king at that point. And so you're hoping right. thumbs up, not thumbs down is what you're going for. Yeah. And so, you know, it was very real that, you know, they could die while they were in there if they weren't in the mm-hmm. proper place. And so um, we're being told, like, this juxtaposed, you know, at the very time, like you said, when we feel like we should least go is exactly when we should go. And we should go with confidence. And really, it's not confidence in us. It's confidence in him and what he has done. Absolutely. And what he will do for, for us. And kind of back to that original, it's believing. It is, you know, holding fast to our faith, holding fast to the confession of who Jesus is and being ass- our assurance being in him and being in that and not so much in ourselves and what we've done, but knowing that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And that is grace and mercy. Indeed. Man, so good, Dave. It's so good. I'm going to read it one <laughs> last time, just top to bottom, because it's so good. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So let's do that, Dave. (laughs) Easier said than done, right? Well, you know, all the good stuff is. Cool. Well, I think that brings us to the end for this one. We'll, uh, We'll start chapter five next time. Yeah, and this is this is a great example of the verses and the chapters being imposed <laughs> by yes. much later in time because yeah. It it why it breaks here, I don't have the slightest idea. Because I mean it's full thought into five one about the high priest and so 
And like you said, we'll come to that next, but. Indeed. So this has been the 175th episode of the Masterclass. Uh, if you go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 175, you can find the show notes for the stuff we talked about. Also, if you're listening, uh, you know, somewhere, which you would be because you're hearing me say this right now, you're in a podcast app. So swipe around. You can find the notes there. There's links for uh, getting in contact via phone or email or uh, social media and other fun stuff for you to click on. So check out all that good stuff. And, um, well, shoot, Dave, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, be good. Bye.